I'm Shanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, the only Packers podcast available 365 days a year. We are bringing you our Thursday episode, episode 841. Jacob Westendorf cannot be with us today. Um, He is under the weather, so thoughts and prayers. Hopefully he feels better quickly. Um, But I am Maggie Loney. I'll be your host today. And as almost always, I am joined by Jimmy Christensen. We haven't done a show together in a couple weeks, so we are back. Jimmy, how's everything? How are you feeling? Good, good. I'm uh, I'm getting back to normal. I feel pretty healthy and uh, excited to be doing shows again this week. I did the Jamal show yesterday, and it was kind of like a little breath of fresh air after a week off. It was a nice week to just kind of relax and get, like I said, get healthy, but Towards the end, I was like, oh, I kind of missed doing these shows. So it was, it was nice to get getting back to it. Well, I'm glad that you're feeling better. And hopefully we have Jacob with us next week feeling uh, just as well. But we today have, of course, the Packers defense and this Jaguars offense. And, you know, obviously it's only Thursday. So there is kind of a lot up in the air still for Sunday's game. Um, what the injury report looks like now is not necessarily a clear indication of what we'll see on the field Sunday, but I figured for this episode, because, you know, a lot of people listening probably don't have a ton of familiarity with the Jaguars offense specifically, um, being that they're an AFC South team, we would just go position by position. So I think probably the biggest news right now is that Gardner Minshew is not actually practicing because he has that right thumb injury. So Jake Lutton is, likely going to be the quarterback for the Jaguars on Sunday. Um, so what are some impressions you have of him? I'm not sure if you got to watch his game on Sunday or pieces of it, but he's kind of got yeah. a cannon. Yeah, no, he definitely has an arm on him. And it was really impressive that last drive uh, where he ran the ball in himself to, they had to get a two point conversion. So they didn't end up tying it, but it could have been a game tying drive to go into potentially go into overtime. He showed a lot of composer for a late, uh, late round rookie. He like I don't know at this point too, there's really, for him, it's you can't really lose much, like going in and just slinging it and trying to make some throws that you know other quarterbacks wouldn't because they're worried about use, losing their starting job. But he's just coming in replacing Minshew, and if he can win the starting job, great. But he's going to have to be, make some impressive throws. And he was obviously there's still some things that the Packers defense could take advantage of, but he showed a lot of composure for a rookie last week. Um, and I mainly only caught the last few minutes. I was in red zone, so they really focused on that. Uh, they focused on those guys at the end, but. Yeah, no, he uh, he has an arm, that, that's for sure. He does, yeah. And, I mean, looking at some of the numbers from last week's game, I mean, 288 passing yards, one of their better performances uh, holistically as an offense um, so far this season, 25 points on the board. Like you said, it was a two-point game at the end. They could have tied it up and gone into overtime with the Texans. So I thought it was a nice showing and something that the Packers left to keep an eye on. Um, pr- probably the biggest issue, at least – what I would think uh, for this Packers defense right now is the Jaguars running back James Robinson, who 
is already in the conversation for offensive rookie of the year. Um, what are some of the things that you've seen from him? And I guess, how do you think he matches up against this Packers defense? Honestly, any running back right now, I think matches up pretty good <laughs> against the Packers defense, but he's been really impressive. Uh, I was looking at the Jaguars overall stats and they, uh, he's, he's a workhorse for him. They only have 700, uh, around 700 total yards rushing on the, as a team. And he has over 500 of those. So like, he has almost 600 of those. So he's, he's really just like their workhorse. And he's with Fournette not being there this season, he stepped right in and he's on track for a really impressive rookie year. And I think if the Packers defense doesn't step up and the run defense, especially um, they could be in for a long, a long game, especially if the Jaguars just kind of want to do what the, the Vikings did and just had their quarterback barely throw the ball and just hand it off to James Robinson. Like, obviously, he's not to the talent Dalvin Cook is. He is Cook's an elite running back, but James Robinson can definitely make some noise and make it a little scary game for Packer fans. Yeah, James Robinson already has 805 yards from scrimmage on the season and seven touchdowns, which is a lot. Like you said, most of those coming on the ground, but still a factor in the passing game for them. And depending on if some of their wide receivers can go this week, that could be um, an additional element to his game as well. But, you know, this is a Packers defense that last week against the 49ers and say what you want about the 49ers roster. I know that they were really banged up, but the Packers only allowed 55 rushing yards all game. So that has to be a step in the right direction. And I know that it's hard to kind of give them too much credit knowing the caliber of the players they were going up against. And the fact that they gave up 173 yards rushing the week before to Delvin cook. But I guess before we switch to, you know, kind of the, the secondary against this wide receiving core for the Jaguars, what are some of your thoughts on this defensive front seven for the Packers? And, you know, do you think that they're still kind of improving is the arrow pointing <laughs> up or was it kind of an outlier given the, the players they were going up against in San, Santa Clara? The big thing is it, it seems, and I, I don't know, it's obviously terrible strategy, but it seems like their best run defense right now is just getting a lead and not letting offenses run the ball. Like that's, that's a big factor on why they only have 55 yards last week. Um, and I do, I do have to give credit Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith did really well last, uh, last week and Preston, especially cause he's been getting a lot of flack this season, but it seems these last few games, he's stepped up, made some plays. Um, but I don't know. I, you you want to see it more consistently. I, last week was a step in the right direction. Uh, we want to get. I want to see some more stats from Montrevious Adams. He's been doing pretty solid on the run defense, and especially for a player that I kind of counted out and just assumed he was going to be a last resort type of player. He stepped up a lot and is earning some more reps. But I think it was a step in the right direction, maybe a confidence booster. But I don't think it's a fair projection on what to expect going forward. I want to see it against a more established, uh, established and healthy offense. Yeah, I um I had mentioned this on Twitter earlier in the week, but I was kind of surprised. Um, he looked good, obviously, but that Pro Football Focus had graded Zadarius Smith's performance against the 49ers as the highest of his entire career. It was a 93.2 as far as a pass rush grade is concerned. Um, and I mean, I think that you maybe would agree with me that some of his better games have looked um, like the Minnesota Vikings when they clinched the NFC North last season. So the yeah. fact that that was his highest pass rush grade, I thought was significant. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Preston Smith and the pressure that he forced because something that we've seen this defense lacking so far this season is turnovers. And they're still getting, you know, a couple here and there, but you know, the, the ability to generate pressure, I think will lead to some of those turnovers and, this is a team to do it against, this Jaguars team. They have already given up um, 11 turnovers on the season, if my math checks out. Yes, it is 11. Um, four games where they've already turned the ball over twice on offense. 
only one game where they haven't turned the ball over at all. And that was their one win against the Colts. So what are your thoughts, I guess, on, on the turnover front? And do you think that it's, you know, just the Packers had kind of an anomaly last season where they had a ton of turnovers and they kind of came in bunches and then, you know, the law of averages will bring them back to the middle. Or do you think that it is something that's lacking from their game in 2020? Uh, it's definitely something that's lacking from the game. It's um, there's definitely, there was going to be a regression just because they did for like last season was just really impressive as a defense overall. But and the big thing that you mentioned is just pressure. They're still last in pressures on the quarterback, according to pro football reference, their last place, their bottom five in uh, uh, pressure percentage. So it's just, that's a huge struggle. And when you get pressure on the quarterback, you're going to make them, change the way they're throwing even if on like the follow-through they hit your helmet that changes the ball it's just a lot of things that just aren't happening um or that happened last season aren't happening this year and a lot of it could be changed from the pressure and that is the biggest disappointment of the season so far is that because with the huge season that Preston and Zadarius had last year and the expected role increase of Rashawn Gary that was an area where we thought the team was going to be I think maybe elites the the wrong word but that was going to be a strength of their team. And it turns out it's actually one of the biggest weaknesses on the defense right now. Um, But I think a lot of the stuff can change if we get some pressure and that's going to create, create turnovers. We saw that last week with Preston and Raven green. Yeah, I'm with you. And I don't know if I necessarily agree that elite is too strong of a word. I mean, they had all the talent in the world last season. Um, We talked about this Perry and I a little bit on happy hour, but the personnel didn't really change. I mean, beyond moving on from Blake Martinez and bringing in yeah. a guy like Kamal Martin, who's quicker, um, you know, the secondary is still cohesive. You have Darnell Savage supposedly making a second year jump. You have Rashawn Gary making a second year jump. You're expecting mm-hmm. more from Kingsley Kiki. I think that the expectation was there that this was going to be a really stout defense and it hasn't necessarily aligned with what we were all expecting going into this season. So do you think so? I was looking at some of the stats earlier, just in the season, and uh, the Steelers lead the NFL with sacks with thirty-two. The Packers only have seventeen. What do you think the biggest difference is? Is it does is it just defensive scheme? Because I know the Steelers like to blitz a lot more than the Packers do. But like talent wise, you'd think the Packers talent for talent have it's pretty equal. Yeah, I mean, this is where I make a really terrible joke and say that it's T.J. Watt, and then all of the Packers <laughs> nations gets upset. But no, yeah. I mean, I, I do think that there's there's a scheme issue. And we saw even last season, the Packers were able to generate pressure without calling a lot of blitzes. So Mike Patton had that going, but when that's not the case this season, like we're seeing now, it's really hard to generate pressure, especially, especially if you're rushing two or three and you're playing a lot of dime. And I haven't looked at the number of, or the percentages of, you know, this unit playing dime that they compared to 2019. But I do think that would be something interesting to look at and see, you know, how many times Mike Patton's rolling out six DBs, um, especially in like third down situations where you just want to get your defense off the field. Yeah. Uh, but kind of kind of going into that secondary then for the Packers, it could be a little bit shorthanded this week. Um, the Jaguars have some pretty pretty talented wide receivers. DJ Chark is a name, obviously, to keep an eye on. Um, Lavishka Chenault was somebody that I know a lot of Packers fans were interested in. He's limited with a hamstring injury, so we're not sure yet if he'll play, but he's like a really versatile player to watch. Um, he's a lot of fun. Just a really unique football player. But, you know, in the Packers secondary, you know, Jair Alexander has a concussion. He has not practiced yet this week. Uh, Kevin King is limited with a quad injury. Uh, Will Redman and Vernon Scott are both uh, dealing with shoulder injuries and they're still limited. So kind of depending on what that secondary looks like and who's available, 
What are some of your thoughts, uh, I guess, specifically if Jair Alexander can't play and maybe if Kevin King can't go either? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit and Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. That's what I'm nervous about. If if Kevin King can come back, and I know that's shocking that I'm nervous about that, but if... I really need, or we really need one of them to be there just to DJ Chark is an extremely talented wide receiver. And I know they have Lutton at quarterback this, this week, but um, he's still, he's someone that offense or defenses have to worry about. So I'm not confident. I know they moved Chandon Sullivan out last game when uh, Alexander left with that concussion. Um, So I guess Sullivan would be the guy on DJ Chark if both King and Alexander can't go. But even Keelan or Keelan Cole is another wide receiver that you have to pay attention to. He only has 50 less yards than DJ Chark, and they're really complimentary one and two player. Uh, I don't know. The, the wide receiver core is one that I think is sneaky good that doesn't get a lot of credit just because of the quarterback play has been so inconsistent. As much as I love Minshew Mania, obviously he's <laughs> not he's not really a starting or NFL starting level quarterback. So. I don't know for what these guys do week in and week out with the people with the quarterbacks Jaguars are rolling out. It's uh, it's they definitely can do some damage, especially if we're down our top two corners. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see uh, more of Kadar Holman if he gets that opportunity. I thought that when he came in for Jair, he looked really good. Uh, something I've always liked about his game is that he tends to be really physical, and he's a really yeah. um, sure tackler. And I think that that's something obviously that this defense is missing. Um, same with Josh Jackson. You know, he might give up some yardage, but he always is pretty quick to make the tackle. And, you know, he had that, that penalty for, I guess, an aggressive tackle. And uh, I thought that was ridiculous, but you know, we're seeing a lot of physicality out of these corners. And I think that that's something that this defense hasn't had in a, in a little while. So yeah, I guess then what are your thoughts um, from the defense holistically and kind of what you saw on Thursday night against the 49ers? Um, Obviously, again, the sample size is a little bit different with the talent that was on the 49ers roster, but I thought that they were tackling better, Mm -hmm. and we did see them get their first red zone stop of the season, which it's kind of crazy that after eight weeks we had to address that, but that that is a stat that they are improving in, I guess, now. Yeah. Uh, Overall, and we always have to keep um, saying this, but with the the offense the 49ers put out there. I, I was impressed with the defense. The one big, one big thing that kind of stood out to me, I felt like James just was finding the giant holes in our secondary though. Uh, yeah. It seemed like in the middle of the field and we had that same problem with the Texans. Um, the middle of the f- field is just wide open right now. Uh, so that's one area to, to worry about because I think any, any quarterback doesn't matter who you're putting out there can hit a receiver with the closest DB 10 yards away in the middle of the field. So um 
that's one area to to focus on. And last week, again, kind of pointed that out. But I really do think the big thing is just our defensive line stepping up this week. I, that's that's one thing I really want to focus on. I know it's uh, – I probably should have looked this. What's the the Jaguars? He's a sophomore season. Jawan Taylor. Jawan Taylor, that's it, not Williams. Uh, that's what, I know he's been really struggling on the offensive line, so that's going to be – Zadarius and Preston took advantage of uh, Trent Williams' replacement last week. So seeing if they can do that again this week with another struggling tackle is going to be really nice to see. And that would help with, especially if we don't have Alexander and King in the secondary. Yeah. And I mean, I'm glad that you mentioned the kind of the middle of the field being soft because I know that, you know, it was basically 34 to three going into the fourth quarter, but I think what we're missing from this defense is kind of wanting to see them keep their foot on the gas. Mm -hmm. And I know that the Packers had kind of rolled out their third stringers at that point to give them some reps, but you still would like to see that from whoever's on the field. And I guess if you want to talk a little bit more about just, you know, we saw Kamal Martin's absence and he had kind of made a name for himself in the middle of the defense. Chris Barnes got hurt and had to leave the game. We're not sure if Christian Kirksey will come back this week. He could get activated off injured reserve, but Ty Summers was in there a little bit. Oren Burks was in there a little bit. Do you think that the issue is at middle linebacker? Or do you think that this was just chalk it up to garbage time? It was 34 to three and Mike Patton wanted to see his young guys. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I would say the issue is there's definitely an issue at middle linebacker or inside linebacker. I know with, the, especially at the end of the game we saw, but there were some plays in the first, I don't know if it was the first drive. I know I think it was in the first quarter. There was just another one to James. It just stands out. I should be know exactly what if I'm going to complain about it, but um <laughs> It was soft in the middle, and I think it, it is an issue at linebacker. I know it's a little bit of a carousel right now with Kirksey being out, Martin in, and then out because of COVID. Chris Barnes is out this week because of COVID as well, right, since he tested positive? Yeah, he's still in the reserve protocol. Yeah, and with his calf, who knows how healthy he actually is. I think just not having the consistency there uh, definitely has been a problem, but I think overall talent, we just compared to some of the – I don't know. I just, I get jealous of the teams like the Vikings who have Kendricks and especially the Buccaneers. But again, they have two stud inside linebackers and look what happened to them against the saints. So um, I do think, I do think there's a a talent issue at inside linebacker though. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned um, the Buccaneers game because by all accounts, you know, the Packers won the game that they needed to. It was a get right game for them. And the rest of the NFC North or the the rest of the NFC in general kind of shook out exactly how the Packers needed it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Seahawks lost to the Bills. The Saints beat the Buccaneers. So the Packers are still pretty much tied for first in the NFC. And they have one of the easiest remaining schedules now kind of through their last half of the season. So the Packers do find themselves in a good position to get things right. But, you know, I think that we've talked about this on previous shows and, depending on where or how far you want to go as a team, 
you know, is this defense going to fix some of its mistakes or is it going to be a defense that gives up 35 points, but that's okay because your offense can put up 42. So I guess the question for you is, do you think that that is something that the Packers will be able to clean up in the second half of the season? Or do you think it's just kind of going to be a track meet every time the Packers play a good team? I think as the season goes on, I think hopefully by, I guess I'm just being optimistic, but I think by playoff time, they will write the ship a little bit. And I don't think it's going to be a drastic change of, Oh my goodness, this team's a top 10 defense now, but I think they'll, instead of allowing teams score 35, we have them score 21 and then our offense can take <laughs> advantage. But one of the big things is our defense, and it's not an excuse because that's, this is almost every NFL team right now, but they haven't all been healthy at once. We've had, Kirksey out, uh, Clark missed time, Kevin King missed time. So it's not like we've had our full unit out on the field at their full strength uh, for a lot this season. I think once if they can get a couple games just getting that feeling, uh, everyone kind of fitting into the role that they're expected to play, I think that would be huge for our defense. And obviously every team says if our team was healthy, we'd be better. But um, I think when the minor injuries kind of clear up, we'll see kind of that – I don't know that the defense gel a little bit more and hopefully we'll play. Hopefully people in green Bay start wearing masks and we can get a, a playoff game with some, <laughs> uh, some, uh, some fans there to kind of juice the defense up. Yeah. I mean, I, I did think that that was a key element going into Thursday's game. One of my concerns that I had was, you know, it seemed like after the Vikings lost, the excuse that we heard was that this team couldn't find the juice without fans in the stands. And then Santa Clara, they didn't have any fans at Levi's stadium. So you know, it was like, what's this Packers team going to look like? Are they going to come out flat again? Or will they be able to kind of make their own noise? And after hearing Zadaria Smith talk post game, he had mentioned kind of reminding the team of that feeling when the 49ers ended their season in the NFC championship game. And I think that those are the things that they need to tap into each week. You need to bring your own juice until, you know, we can have fans in the stands. So, you know, before we kind of wrap everything up, this is a Jaguars offense that ranks 26th in points for this is a Packers defense that honestly 17th in the NFL in points against. So not terrible Um, for all the talk about giving up a ton of yardage on the ground, which of course is not excusable. They're not giving up an insane amount of points, which is a benefit, but I guess kind of knowing the scores and what we've seen from these teams, the first half of the season, what would be your score prediction then for Sunday? Do you think that it's a blowout or do you think that the Jaguars keep it close unnecessarily? Um, I think, I think it's going to be really similar to what the, um, what the 49ers game ended with around like a 30, I'd probably say 38, 17, the touchdown and garbage time, but I don't see them keeping it too close. I think, I think they definitely have the talent with James Robinson to make some noise on the offensive side and DJ Chark. But I think overall our defense is going to try to make another statement. I know last, last week with the 49ers was kind of a, they tried to make it a statement game as much as you can against that offense. But um, I think this week, again, they're going to try to kind of keep that momentum going for when we do face a more complete team the following week with the Colts, they kind of have two games behind them that kind of give have their confidence up. So I think it's going to be a 38. Yeah, I'll give it 38-17, but garbage time touchdown. Yeah, I, I'm in full agreement that I think that there might be some scoring, uh, but it likely will come when the game is out of reach. I joked on happy hour earlier this week, I was calling a 45-10 game. I don't think that the Jaguars only score 10, I, but I do agree with you. It's probably somewhere in the realm of 35 or 42 to maybe 17. I think that there will be some opportunities for the Jaguars to score points when the game is kind of, you know, out of 
the realm of them making a comeback. Um, And that's, go ahead. I was, it always makes you nervous with uh, second string quarterbacks, just because like when we think of the lions game last year, when they did that reverse and then pass back to the quarterback for the touchdown, like when you're in the state, the Jaguars are like, why not just throw everything, but the kitchen sink at, at the defense, you know what I mean? Like, so we'll, uh, we'll see. I, I do. I really do expect a little bit of a trick play mainly. And that's also super selfish. Cause I just love trick plays regardless if he's <laughs> doing them. It reminds me of NFL street. So we'll see. NFL street was such a good game. Oh and- my gosh. I would buy that right now. <laughs> if I would pay in a ridiculous amount of money to buy that or to play that again. Yeah, I agree. So if anybody listening has uh, the in, yeah. we would like, we would like that game back, but yeah, I mean, I know that we're not tasked with talking about the Packers offense, but they could get Alan Lazard back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, MBS had probably one of the better performances of his career. He had his first two touchdown game in the NFL. So, you know, I think that this is a Packers team that, is still kind of figuring things out, but the arrow is in, in the right direction. You know, I, I don't think we're going to see another performance like we saw against the Buccaneers. I don't know if the Packers will go 14 and two, but I think that these are little lessons along the way that are kind of helping. And like you said, this team is, is also getting healthy, which I think is a, is a big factor. So do you have any final thoughts before we uh, wrap the show with, with what I promised Andy Herman last <laughs> week? <laughs> um. Not no, I don't have anything uh, super special. I hope Alan Lazard comes back and can get a. And I know it's not much of a, a revenge game, but it's always nice to go back to the team that you were originally on and didn't bring you on their roster, then just ball out against them. Kind of a you should assign me a little statement for him. So hopefully Lazard can come back. Yeah, I mean, well, there's Tyler Irvin, Mercedes Lewis, yeah. and Nathaniel Hackett. There's a lot of players on offense that have a lot, a uh, lot of history with the Jaguars. So. It should be a should be a good yeah. game on Sunday. Maybe um, we'll see some Aaron Rodgers suck it signs. That's always my favorite. I hope so. I was I was actually uh, I actually won a drop in times and suck it signs shirt. Oh really? From Pat McAfee show, and I'm still waiting for it to to arrive. So hopefully it does by Sunday. But we'll have to we'll have to match one show because me, you, and Jacob <laughs> all have one. <laughs> I, that's amazing. Okay, we'll we'll do yeah. that uh, maybe next week. But all right. Um, if you follow me or the Pack a Day podcast or Andy Herman on Twitter. After Devontae Adams' performance on Thursday Night Football, Andy had asked me if I would write a new poem about Devontae Adams instead of Zadarius Smith. And I did find out, uh, you know, if you follow us on Twitter, Andy Herman's birthday was yesterday. So as the Pack-A-Day podfather, as I call him, I did agree to write a poem. So before we wrap the show, I will read the poem uh, on Andy's, uh, per Andy's request, And then uh, we can tell you where to find us on social media. So this is called Ode to Devontae Adams. This is an ode to Devontae Adams, whose routes are so crisp that it's hard to fathom. On a scale from 1 to 10, you're more like a 17. Your footwork is so impressive, it's the best I've ever seen. Top receiver in the league, it's just not up for debate. You can only eat what's in front of you, and there's cornerbacks on your plate. Breaking records just like ankles... We hope you'll always stay the league's most explosive weapon, a wide receiver we call Tay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I loved your thank you. I had to mute myself so I didn't laugh during it. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. You know, it's, I got to use this English degree somehow because it's definitely not in my day job. But uh, all right, Jimmy, we are out of time for today's show. Where can all of the listeners find all of your incredible work on social media? 
Ah, yeah, you can find my work. I don't know how incredible it is, but you can find uh, <laughs> Jim. Just if you follow me on Twitter, Jimmy underscore C zero eight, you'll find all of my stuff. I post my articles for Packer Report on there. Um, I'm talking with Jacob now and be having some more uh, having an article kind of come out with uh, Game On. They have some really cool things in the work works. Uh, but besides that, yeah, follow me on Twitter and you'll get all my live shows. The Jamal Williams show on Tuesday for charity. Please donate. We have a lot of cool stuff. Cousin Subs just sponsored us or donated. And so we can say they're sponsored. Nice. And I bought a sub there the other day for the first time since I had those (laughs) free ones in grade school and it was delicious. It reminded me of second grade lunch. Um, But so yeah, follow me on Twitter. You can get all my stuff there. Jimmy underscore C zero eight. And you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. I also podcast with Perry Goldstein for the Packs What She Said podcast. We just dropped some merchandise. Feel free to check that out. It's on the Cheesehead TV Teespring. Um, You can also catch me and Perry on Mondays uh, doing the game on Wisconsin Happy Hour. And then some of our Pack-A-Day hosts are participating in Movember, uh, where they are growing mustaches for charity. Um, Jake Morley, um, my husband is doing it on my behalf because my mustache is not nearly as impressive as his will be by the end of the month. Uh, Jimmy is sporting a mustache that none of you can see right now as we record. Jacob's doing it and a couple other team members. So you can find that pack a day podcast um, team from November called stash a day and make sure that if you're in the giving mood, you donate a couple bucks to all these guys that have some really unique facial hair that they'll be sporting for the rest of the month. So Thank you, as always, for listening to the Pack-A-Day podcast, the only Packers podcast available 365 days a year. Go Pack-Go! Go Pack! Go pack.